0: Special greetings to you wherever you are. I want to greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is um, in Matthew 16 where I want us to start today, where Jesus poses a question to his disciples, round about verse 13. He asks them, what do men say that he is? Who do men say I am? Whatever version you might be reading, but basically... What are people saying about me? Who do they think I am? Now, the, the, the responses are quite interesting because some say you are this. He says some the disciples then respond by saying, Some say you are this, some say you are that. And then he, he, he changes the question to be, What do you say I am? And, and Peter says, You are the Christ the son of the living God. I want to repeat that. So he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And um, immediately Jesus responds by saying, that knowledge is not through, through any flesh or any kind of knowledge that you can acquire on earth, but rather you have received that by revelation. God has opened that up to you to understand that I am Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living god now what what's very interesting is that immediately after they received this revelation i'm not going to mention the other things he then he then the bible says matthew says he strongly charged them or he he strongly spoke to them and said. Don't go about telling people that I am Jesus, the Christ. And immediately after that, we he, he, he opens to them the revelation of what it means to be the Christ. Right? I don't want to take you back, but when you read, you kind of get a sense or an understanding that the prophetic word that had come out was that the Christ must suffer and then glory will follow, right? That the Christ must suffer and the glory must then follow. We see that in in, in, Peter, in Peter's first epistle. We see that in Luke, in Luke um, after the resurrection of Jesus, etc., and many other places, where we get an understanding that the revelation or the prophetic word before the Christ came was that he must suffer and then glory will follow. So immediately they have a revelation that he is Jesus the Christ. He then unfolds to them the things that must happen to him in Jerusalem. But I'm not there. What I'm interested about is how he strongly charges them to say, look, don't go about and tell people that I'm Jesus the Christ. Now, being Jesus was not a problem. He was born Jesus. Probably whenever they were calling him, they'd say, hey, Jesus, hey, brother Jesus, whatever, we don't know. But to then understand that he is the Christ comes by revelation that this is the Son of God, so that probably makes um, brings the it makes it easier to understand why out of the four gospels, John introduces Jesus differently, the others kind of do it the normal way where he The Holy Spirit comes, you know, and uh, Jesus is born and, you know, he's a baby, etc. But he introduces Jesus differently. He says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He says, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Hallelujah. So when you jump to verse 14 of the, of the first chapter of John's gospel, he then says, This word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and full of truth. That is the introduction of Jesus. He says, look, I can take you back to how he was born, etc., which is also very relevant. But upon everything that has happened, because you need to understand, when these guys are now writing, it's more like in hindsight. And there's so many hindsights that John picks up. Especially when he goes to the second chapter and he says there was a time when Jesus said destroy this temple or rebuild it in three days. He says it's only then later they understood that he was speaking of his body. You understand? And again he does it again when Jesus says um, um, living waters shall come out of you. He says only then they understood that he was speaking of the spirit. Right? So it's more like in high, like not necessarily in hindsight, but it's a reflection of saying oh, by, oh that this is what it meant. So when this man takes his pen and whatever ink or, or, f- or whatever he was using to write, instead of introducing Jesus as someone born and, you know, um, difficulty in finding a place, etc., he introduces him as the Word. The Word that became flesh. The Word that was there with God from the beginning. The Word that was God. The Word that nothing that was made was made without Him. And everything that was made was made for Him. Hallelujah. So, so, so that's, 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 very, that's very important and very profound that we understand this, that Jesus is not just Jesus the man, but he is the Christ, which is the son of God. Now, this is where it gets very interesting. When you read the first chapter of Hebrews, he speaks of how God in sandal times or in time past spoke to them, the Hebrew writer's writing saying, he spoke to them through, through prophets. But he says, now in the last days, as he's writing then, he says, now in the last days, he speaks through his son. He speaks through his son. He says, before he spoke through the prophets, but now he speaks through his son, right? Which is, which is, which is very interesting. He says, he speaks through his son. And he says, he says this son in verse 3 of Hebrews 1, he says, this sun is the brightness of his glory. He says, this sun is the express image of the person of God. Wow. I don't know if that doesn't get you jumping. I don't know what more you want. He says, the sun, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Oh man, he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter. It is by revelation knowledge. Now, he says, this this sun is the brightness of the glory of God. (laughs) He is the express image of the person of God. So, if you want to understand the person, God, the person of God, you do not go any further. You don't have to read any other book. You don't have to search any other thing. You don't even have to pray about it. He says Christ, the Son, is the express image of the person of God. Wow, man. Ah, this is awesome. Maybe that's why when Paul goes to the Corinthians and says, I didn't want anything. I didn't want to know anything. You know, I didn't come to you with anything, but I just wanted to hear and to know and to preach and to teach about Christ and Him crucified." Because by so doing, I am expressing the person of God. By so doing, I'm bringing the brightness of the glory of God to you guys. Hallelujah. Wow. No wonder these guys would teach overnight. And their message would never, they'd never run out. So this is what Paul says to the Colossians church about the Christ. He says, in In, in, in him, in Christ, we have the redemption through his blood, verse 14. That's Colossians 1, verse 14. He says, We have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He says, Who is, speaking of the Son, the Christ, he says, Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. <laughs> I'm not making it up. It says, Christ is the image of the invisible God. And he says the firstborn. That's where now very, very interesting. Remember when John writes, he says he's there, he expressed the glory of the only begotten of God. Now he's become a firstborn. Okay? So he says he's a firstborn of every creature. But where I want you to understand is this thing of him being an image of an invisible God, a God that can, has not been seen. He's invisible. Um, when Jesus is in the world with that woman, he says, God is spirit, (laughs) right? God is spirit. But now we are told that if you want to see God, Christ is the expression of that that image. So when the disciples in John 14 are confused because he says he's going to prepare a place for them that they may be where he is, they ask him a simple question, where are you then? because you want us to be where you are. He says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. So they automatically understand that wherever he's preparing and he wants them to be is to be in the Father. So they quickly say, show us the Father. He says, how long have I been with you? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. I am the express image of the invisible God. I am the express image of the person of God. I am the word that became flesh and you are beholding that which was in the beginning. Hallelujah. So there's something interesting now here. Check it out. Something very interesting that we need to understand about centering our minds, centering our understanding that this that we're talking about now becomes the heartbeat of God. We cannot go outside of the boundaries and the frameworks of Christ because if you want to speak about him, if you want to speak about God, you have to speak about his son. Okay. Amen. Bless God. Now it says, not only is he the image of the invisible God, verse 15 of Colossians 1, he says, He is, it says, all things says, it says, for all things were created by him that are in heaven. that And that are in earth. Amen. Visible and invisible. Amen. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Amen. He's the head of the body, verse 18, the church, who's the beginning. He's the firstborn from the dead, that all things must have, he must have preeminence. Hallelujah. This is awesome stuff, and I I hope you, you 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 get tickled by this. In Ephesians 1 again, I'm just touching there and there because these are voice notes. You don't want to go long. Um in, in Ephesians chapter 1. Um he speaks of something very interesting here. Um Verse three says, blessed be the God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We underline that it's in Christ, according as he has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Now I'm introducing something interesting, the in Christ. I've put to you what the Christ is. Now we're speaking about how you are now in him. So, so, he says now, we are now seated in heavenly places where? In Christ, not with him, in him. Hallelujah. He says, you are chosen in Christ before the foundations of the world. Before Adam, before Abraham, before Joseph, before David, before anyone you can mention. You are chosen in Christ. Wow, man. You are chosen. It makes sense because he was there from the beginning. So he says, You are chosen in Christ. That, 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 should, that should get you excited as well. Okay. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated predis- us. Let me skip that because it might confuse. I'm going to touch that in Romans the issue of predestination. Uh, But let's jump. Uh, Verse 7, in Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Hallelujah. Verse 9 says, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself. Verse 10 is where I wanted to draw you, is that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, God might gather Together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in Him. In the dispensation of the fullness of times, God might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven or which are in earth, they must be in Him. If this doesn't get you mind-blowing, I don't know. He's saying, at the dispensation of the fullness of time, God wants to gather all things, not some, all things. Things that are in heaven, if you want to go to heaven, 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 no problem. Things that are in heaven, if you want to stay in earth, it's fine, no problem. Things in heaven and things in earth must be combined together in one, in Christ. That's, it's there. I didn't make it up. It's there. It's, it's Ephesians 1 verse 10. So this should now speak to the relevance and the importance of the Christ. And I therefore wonder why some choose to ignore this doctrine. Because you can never speak, oh man, if everything must be gathered together in Christ, then what are you preaching? Mm-hmm. Then, oh, surely we should be preaching that which must be, we must be gathered into, the Christ. Hallelujah. The Christ, the express image of God, the express person of God. Hallelujah. The image of the invisible God is the Christ. Amen. Blessed be to the living God. Now let me read this last part. Oh man, I wanted to take you somewhere, even you know. But I think this is good enough, man. This is good enough, man. Just the consciousness of Christ, the consciousness. That's what I'm trying to bring you. I'm going to read you a very famous verse. Very, very famous. It is verse 29 of Romans 8. No, sorry, verse 28 of Romans 8. It unfortunately starts with an end, which simply means that there's something more before this verse, but I'll read it here because I said it's voice noted. Eh? It says now, And we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God. All things work together for good. To them that love God. Usually people, that's where they stop. Amen. Hallelujah. No, no, that's not where the verse ends, brother. There's a coma right there. It says, to them who are the called according to purpose. The His here is in italic, so it's probably not there, but I'll read it as if it's there. So not all things are working for good who love God, full stop, but also who are called according to his purpose. And guess what? There's a next verse after that, and the next verse will blow your mind. Verse 29 says, Because whom he did for know, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he, the Son, might be the firstborn among among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Verse 31, another famous verse, What shall we say then to these things? What things? I'll tell you the things. If God be for us, who can be against us? So he says, all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called, underline, according to his purpose or according to purpose. Now, (laughs) so, okay, all things are working together for good uh, to those who love God. Take to those who are called, underline, according to purpose. The next verse says, for those he foreknew or because those he foreknew, this is what he did. Remember, you were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Now, already <laughs> there is a purpose with your life. Okay. Now, so he says, you whom he foreknew, he predestinated. That's the word that I want now. We read it in Ephesians. In Ephesians. In a, in a layman, to be predestinated is to, it's like, it is to, it is to know the outcome and yet you are in the role play to play that, you know? It's like a can of Coke. We know that, we know how it tastes, we know it will be canned in a 300 mils can, but we want to make more of that, so... Already when they are processed, when this process starts, we already produced one, isn't it? So when we produce the others, it's as if they are it's a predetermined. You know, they're predestinated to be like that. We know that as they go through here, the coke is mixed. I don't know how they do it. It's poured in the can. The can is closed. It's a product that will look exactly like the one that's already there. They are more like predestinated to be like that. So he says, those he foreknew, he predestinated. Now, this is the predestination. It's not about heaven or earth. It's about the confirmation. It says you've been predestinated to conform to the image of his son. So that he becomes the firstborn among many brethren. Blessed be to the living God. So your purpose in life is that at the end of everything, yes, you want to die, go to heaven, no problem. But the end result, if you want to achieve the achievable, is for you to be conformed to the image of the Son. That's what you are called for. That's why all things will work together for good for you, because that's the channel that you must follow. But now he says, not only did he predestinate them, he just justified them. Not only did he justify them, he called them. Not only did he call them, he glorified them. And then he says, what shall we say with these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What are these things? The fact that you are predestinated, the fact that you are glorified, the fact that you are justified, the fact that you are called. Nobody nothing shall stand against that because that's what the final product. Now you can say whatever you want to say until we get to that understanding. Let's not talk about something else. Until we get to that understanding and the church moves in that direction, we will see things we've never seen. We'll understand things we've never understood. But how do we get there? How do we get there? How do we get there? The question is, So the, so Paul says to the Ephesians church in chapter 4, the one who descended is the same that ascended. Speaking of Jesus, and he says, he gave gifts to men. He says, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, some to be apostles. He explains why. He says, it is for them to edify and to build up the church. He explains to build them until wow, what's the end product. He says, until they come to the full stature of the full stature of Christ. (laughs) He says, until they come to the unity of faith. He says, once we get there, nobody will be tossed to and fro in the winds of doctrine. Oh, there it is, oh no, 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 no. We will be having full understanding. And that is the message that needs to go. So how is this going to be achieved? God has sent out people and gave them gifts to minister, to preach, to share, to do whatsoever, to make sure that the end product of the image of the Son comes to pass. But if then you are calling yourself a teacher and yet your teaching has nothing to do with the confirmation and the transformation that must happen in us looking like Christ or being the Christ, then you are totally lost. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.